Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today, we're going to talk about erotic hypnosis. If I'm honest with you guys, I don't know much about this practice. As a psychologist, I always hear about hypnosis, how effective it is for treatment of chronic pain and also substance use. But Dr. Amy Marsh is our guest. And I keep hearing from my other colleagues that how wonderful and empowering her work is. And erotic hypnosis is one of the areas she extensively practices. So I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to, to have Dr. Amy Marsh on this show to talk about her research and also her practice of using this techniques. Dr. Amy Marsh is an ASAC certified sexuality counselor and clinical sexologist and a certified hypnotist and hypnosis instructor. She holds doctor of education and doctor of human sexuality degrees from the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. She is on the advisory board of the World Association of Sex Coaches and teaches two courses for Sex Coach University. Her interest in sexuality and reproductive health dates from her teens uh, when she worked as a pregnancy counselor in a feminist free clinic. Her national television appearances include Good Morning America, The Tyra Banks Show, and two National Geographic taboo episodes, Forbidden Love, and Private Passions. The topic of most of these programs was objectum sexuality. Dr. Marsh currently has a private practice as a sex counselor and hypnotist 
in Lake County, California. Previously, she worked in Hawaii and the SF Bay Area. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Amy Marsh. Welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. As I mentioned during the introduction, I am so honored and excited to have Dr. Amy Marsh on our show today. Amy, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. I was reading your bio and wow, what an impressive, diverse background that you have. Yeah, unfortunately, I just can't stop learning things. And uh, <laughs> Lucky for us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So one of the topics that I realize is within your area of specialty is sexual enrichment. How do you define sexual enrichment? So sexual enrichment is in a category of, of pleasure, pleasure seeking, intimacy building, bonding. And this may run the gamut from anything to wanting to have more information about certain kinds of sex toys to people who want Tantra or information about BDSM and kink, people who just want to learn ways to be have to have more intimacy and, and, and emotional connection in their relationships. I, I think it's anything that people do that brings more pleasure and joy and connection into their relationships. I love that because as a therapist, I always get clients when there are things not working and it's not about fixing the issues. And it seems like sexual enrichment about kind of improving and build on the great things that you already have doing in your sexual life with yourself. Yeah, that's true. And even if you are somebody who's dealing with some kind of sexual dysfunction or maybe, you know, a chronic or acute illness or something about aging and the way your body working as opposed to how it worked when you were younger, you can always find ways to enrich and work around uh, whatever it is that's going on you, you know, going on with you. Sure. And the other thing I know that uh, you incorporate hypnosis extensively in your practice. So tell us a little bit about your unique approach of using hypnosis for management of sexual concerns. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not sure how unique it is, actually. I think there's a long history uh, but it was interrupted at one point, I would say in the, the mid 80s. Okay, I'm going to give you a little background there. There was, in my mind, a, a golden age of exploration of hypnosis for sexual concerns and for sexual enrichment that uh, started, you know, somewhere in the 70s and, and into the first part of the 80s. And there were brilliant people working on this. Uh, Dr. Daniel Arras and uh, Bernie Zilbergeld and, oh gosh, you know, just tons of people really exploring these possibilities. And a number of the uh, sex therapists and sexologists who came up during that time were also using it, like Hartman and Fithian, who were early, an early pair of sex therapists, kind of like Masters and Johnson. There were a lot of people really getting some good results and really excited about using it. And then there was the, the whole scandal about you know, the fake recovered memories of childhood sexual right. abuse. And I think that scared a lot of people away from hypnosis. And now you're finally seeing in this century more money for research happening again. So there's kind of a new generation of people who are exploring how helpful hypnosis could be for different sexual dysfunctions. But I'm not sure that this is translating into more use by clinicians, therapists, sexologists, and so on. You know, I think we're going to see another 
another surge of, of interest. So I feel in some ways I'm a bit unique at the moment, but I'm not unique in the, uh, you know, the, the continuum of history of hypnosis and, and sex. So to talk about how I, how I do it or what I do, hypnosis can help people manage certain things that they're going through. For example, it can be a component of working with somebody who has vaginismus. So while it's great to have a pelvic floor therapist and other attention for that condition, the hypnosis can help with relaxation, with uh, imagining or visualizing you know, the relaxation of, of the muscles so that you can accept penetration. If you know, I'm talking about women here, it can help men with erectile dysfunction that is not caused, say, by something like diabetes or some kind of circulation disorder. Uh, it, so again, it can help a, a man to relax, uh, reset his nervous system so that the blood flow can go back into the penis so hypnosis or self-hypnosis can be very helpful for things like that. Let's see, what else is another good one? Yeah, dealing with guilt, shame, body issues, inhibitions, or if you've got couples who are just so high-stressed because they, they lead very busy lives, hypnosis can be great for learning to relax and kind of get into the mood. And now I'm venturing a little bit into another part of the topic, so I think I'll stop there and wait for your next question. <laughs> no, I just want to say you're right, because as a New York clinician, I often hear about hypnosis. Like when I hear hypnosis, my mind goes to false memories and all of those kind of negativity around hypnosis. But I recently hear a lot about chronic pain. And to me, it was interesting that it was healthfully mentioned it's helpful for sexuality and uh, sexual enrichment and addressing the challenges. And I'm glad to see there is like something that you mentioned that it's coming back because I can absolutely see that might be a very useful addition to the techniques and things that other clinicians are using. Oh, absolutely. And there's people doing some really interesting research right now. Like his name is Gary Elkins at Baylor University. He's done, published some studies on using hypnosis, for example, to help breast cancer patients deal with uh, the menopausal hot flashes that may come on early, you know, depending on the age of the patient. Um, he's done some work. I think he's the one who did the work on dysmenorrhea recently. I might be wrong about that, but I know he's published several studies. And then at Stanford, David Spiegel has done a lot of research into kind of the nature of hypnosis itself and the effect, you know, showing that it actually has a distinct effect on the brain. Uh, so there's lots of exciting work going on. And I'm glad they're doing more scientific research on it because I feel when it comes to complementary medicine, there are so many negative reaction in public about like, oh, or from even other clinician, that's not scientific. We don't know if it's not working. And I'm excited and glad that they are doing more research on these topics. So you, you mentioned that like it's something that the individual can use. They can work with a clinician on it. So tell us who can be a good fit for hypnosis and specifically hypnosis around sexual and sexuality and intimacy. Well, who, the people who are a good fit are, are number one, the people who are willing to give it a try. There are also the people who understand that this is not a magic wand that I wave and make everything all better. Hypnosis is a learned skill. So you learn to do it and you learn to experience it. And 
So there's a lot of, you know, trust building and rapport, obviously, that has to go on in uh, in the appointment so that people will trust enough to relax and let their attention go inward. And then also understand that their, their subconscious has a certain amount of uh, ability to to change things in the body. And if if you get a, my ideal person is somebody who doesn't expect the magic wand and who is willing to put in some time with homework, uh, learning the skills, for example, of self-hypnosis. And, uh, and this could be, you know, as I mentioned, uh, men with erectile dysfunction, women with vaginismus, or, you know, anybody with pelvic pain, pain can be managed to some extent with hypnosis. Of course, it's always good to uh, get a doctor's permission if you're working with pain. People who have, oh, maybe they've been raised in a background that was either very sex negative or or it was a situation where people just didn't talk about it. And so that the person growing up thought, oh, there's something wrong with it, even if never, nothing was actually said. So I think we're looking at a combination of sort of emotional and what do I want to say? Somebody is willing to learn, somebody is willing to to practice and see see how far they can get to manage uh, whatever it is that they're dealing with. Right, you're right. Like any other treatment, openness to their suggestions, openness to treatment, management is an important part of the work. And if someone's going in defensive, not willing to give it a shot, of course, then might not see the, all the benefits of the uh, this approach. So what do you see as far as the difference, uh, difference between using hypnosis to manage sexual concerns versus erotic hypnosis? Okay, so that's a great question. So managing sexual concerns with hypnosis is, is a clinical, you know, it's a clinical thing. It's, uh, you know, me holding the space for the client to do whatever work they need to do on whatever their issue is. Erotic hypnosis is something that I've developed training for people to do with each other as a form of sexual enrichment. So it's not me doing erotic hypnosis with the client. It's me providing the education, you know, skills, ethics, uh, script ideas, ways that people can use hypnosis in their own relationship to, you know, build intimacy and affection and to uh, enjoy fantasy, maybe some sensation play. And that can be all the way up to and including hypnotic orgasms. That is fascinating. How did you come up with this idea? I'm just curious now. <laughs> well, I'm not the one who came up with it. And actually, there's been research for a while in uh, what some people are calling thinkgasms. Huh. So Beverly Whipple and Gina Odgan, way back in the day, did some research on uh, women who are able to think themselves to orgasm the capacities there already, and it's been documented in the literature, and hypnosis is just one way to get to that. And there are actually a lot of people out there experimenting with, there's a big erotic hypnosis community, and it's growing, let me just put it that way. And, uh, and they're, they're using hypnosis to create sensations, fantasy scenarios, hypnotic orgasms, really having a great deal of fun with it. Oh, that's so fascinating. This is something I didn't know about. It, and it's wonderful to hear there's a community. And I am all for anything that helps with kind of enrich, expand our 
sexuality. So is it that which kind of what kind of couples do you usually kind of feel it's a good candidate for teaching these strategies to? Well, again, uh, people who are willing to try and have an interest and people who uh, who understand consent boundary issues, mm -hmm. because that's important. You have to be able to do this ethically with your intimate partner or partners. As to what kind of couples, I would say that there's a lot of interest. You know, this is kind of a subset of the kink community. Uh -huh. But also, I'm in the process of, of actually working on a, a book that explains some of the maybe less kinky or uh, adventurous ways of using erotic hypnosis, uh, more of a softer romantic approach. So intimacy building, just the act. Imagine if you and your partner sat down once or twice a week and you know, let's say you're the hypnotist and you, you have your partner close his eyes and uh, relax. You give some relaxing suggestions and then you spend five minutes just pouring loving, appreciative words into your partner's ear. And then he turns around and does the same for you. That's an easy intimacy boosting way to use a light hypnotic trance. Uh, you can also use it, as I said before, for relaxation, for uh, dealing with inhibitions. I mean, these are sort of the softer side, uh, the more accessible side of uh, how hypnosis could be brought into brought into your private life. So when we were communicating in an email, you talked about uh, five ways that erotic hypnosis can help partners. Can you tell us a little bit more about that part? Okay. So I've already actually kind of touched on them in a way. There's a lot in the sexological sort of sex therapy literature where people talk about imagination or the power of the mind or the brain is, you know, the biggest sex organ. And so one way to cultivate eroticism and a, a sense of eroticism and erotic play and fantasy is to use hypnosis. So that's one. People can use hypnosis for, say, role play, you know, and in a fantasy sense. So uh, you can do this by having your partner imagine, oh, I don't know, whatever it is, your partner wants to imagine whether or not your partner wants to divulge it or not. You can take on personas and roles. You can uh, create, you can use hypnosis to create a very romantic, relaxing environment. Let's see. I'm probably going over five actually, because there's just so much you can do. One of the things about the way some people experience sexuality is they they experience it as a kind of erotic trance. You know, there are some people who just want to close their eyes and, and ride the sensations. And there are other people who are more, you know, kind of an eye thou. They want to, you know, they want to talk to their partner. They want the eyes open. You know, they want this feeling of engagement. And there are people who like to do role play too. The, what I'm talking about is coming out of uh, Jack Moran's book, The Erotic. Love that, yeah. Yeah. So he talks about that. And this erotic trance state, I think, is really important for those, you know, who experience that as their kind of primary way of, of enjoying sexuality. It's important to recognize that it's, uh, it's something that needs uh, to be acknowledged and, and, and uh, accommodated. So getting in the mood, that's one way that you can use erotic hypnosis. So you do some long, soothing, progressive relaxation induction, and you can gradually bring that into some sensual arousing imagery. 
you know, so it's a way to get ready. You can make sure that, uh, another way, you can make sure that this relaxation keeps uh, the person on the right side of their, their nervous system, keep them on the parasympathetic side so they're comfortable and blood flows, you know, to the genitals. You can uh, use it to be to increase sensual awareness and sensation. So a lot of people are still sort of, uh, you know, like sort of let's cut to the chase and, and uh, have the penetration or, or the oral sex or both. And then that's kind of it. You can use the hypnosis to actually enhance your sensuality as well. And before and after. It's not just foreplay. It can also be considered aftercare. Now, you can also then work into a more deliberately erotic mode where you're you're doing sensation play with your hypnosis. You're, you're asking your partner to feel warmth or tingles or, you know, whatever kind of touch they might really enjoy. You can ask them, imagine receiving that. As I mentioned, exploring fantasies. Some people don't like to share fantasies and some people do. And you can use erotic hypnosis both ways. So you can send your sweetheart off on a lovely erotic fantasy and you don't even have to know what it is they're doing. You just enjoy <laughs> the fact that they're having fun, you know, behind that closed door that you just, you know, told them they could open. Or it can be more interactive or more directive for that matter. And uh, well, let's see, a lot of people are using erotic hypnosis for BDSM type activities, role play in that way. Now, here's something though I want to bring up. There are a lot of myths about hypnosis. And I spend time as a clinician reassuring people that, you know, their worries about mind control and such are are not true. You know, that's not how it works. But for some people who are erotically into that, they play with this idea of mind control and power dynamics. Right. And so making the myth of hypnosis become real for them in a fantasy situation. So it's kind of an odd flip. I love that. And I can absolutely understand that as you were talking about, like in the kink community, I was, again, I haven't heard about it, but I was thinking possibly in the power play as you were talking about it. So kind of going to in, can enhance that script. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, you can help people feel like they're much more into their, you know, submissive role, for example, if that's what they're right. into, just as a person who's more interested in, in topping uh, can use it to enhance their you know, feeling of being, you know, dynamic and potent and powerful and, and uh, very aware of what's going on. There's so many things people can do. That's so interesting. I did a survey actually of 225 people on FetLife back in 2014, because I wanted to know, you know, just how happy were they, for example, with their erotic hypnosis orgasm, or what were they using it for? And how often were people switching roles between hypnotist and, and being hypnotized? So, I, you know, it wasn't a scientific survey. You know, it was a self-selected sample. Uh, it was kind of uh, maybe a glorified pop quiz, but I got a lot of information, a lot of great uh, qualitative statements from people as to what they were doing. One woman amazed me by uh, describing that even though she was in a monogamous relationship with her husband, she had a great need for variety, but in order to keep the agreement of monogamy with her husband, he would he was willingly hypnotized and she would use hypnosis to bring out personality traits that he didn't usually exhibit in their relationship. And that made her feel like she was 
engaging with a different partner, even though it was the same man, her husband. So she she was very clever. I love that. And I it's a I like that how creative she was with getting her needs met within the contract that she was feeling it was suiting her. Yeah. And, and obviously it was exciting for her husband, too, or he wouldn't have been involved with right. it. Yeah, I, it was quite creative. She blew me away, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of now curious because I'm a, a sex therapist. I'm a psychologist. I didn't know about this wonderful approach, at least in the extent that you're sharing with us. And I'm just curious, how do you usually people find you? How do they kind of learn about this uh, wonderful complementary approach? Well, for me, I, I will give workshops from time to time. Sometimes I'll blog about it. But, you know, they're as I say, this is a burgeoning community. So there are actually erotic hypnosis conferences that are happening around the country. There've been about five here on the West Coast. They started on the East Coast. Uh, there may be some that are being put together in the Midwest. So people are finding, people are finding ways. There's some books that are out, you know, varying degrees of quality, I would say, but a book called Mind Play by Mark Wiseman, is uh, is a nice one. It's a nice introduction. Uh, but actually, Dr. Daniel Arroz wrote one of the first books on this back in the 80s, early 80s. I think it was called Hypnosex, and it was uh, self-hypnosis, self-erotic hypnosis. And, uh, you know, that's a great book. As, as I said, the man is a, a, a huge beacon uh, in, uh, in the world of using hypnosis for... Uh, for relationships and for sexuality. So how do people find me? I'll market my workshops or people go to my website. I'll, I'll find ways to get the word out. So um, the other question I have is uh, going back to the survey, what were some of the common themes that you realized when you did the survey? Well, one of the common themes was there was a lot of emphasis on ethics and boundaries. People felt like this needed constant work. The uh, some of the other themes that emerged was uh, people pretty much satisfied with their hypnogasms, as they're calling them. So, you know, because I wondered, you know, was this just like kind of a fun thing or were people actually feeling like this was meeting their needs to to have an orgasm? The fantasy advantages were huge. People people really liked the fact that they could have so much versatility and also maybe try out things that maybe they considered but they hadn't actually done yet. They could try them out sort of in the fantasy of hypnosis and see how they felt about things. So it was a way to also sometimes rehearse or try on something that might be appealing and see if it really was instead of actually doing it. There's actually, I won't say this emerged so much in the, in the survey, but there's also a big advantage to erotic hypnosis for people who have mobility issues, mm -hmm. you know, because, again, you can have quite a lot of fun, but if you can't necessarily get in a position physically you'd like to try, you can enjoy it hypnotically and still have feelings of, of pleasure and excitement. That is so fascinating. And I'm kind of shocked that I didn't know much about this wonderful kind of additional complimentary uh, approach. And I'm glad that people are finding you and getting this information and utilizing it. 
So if for our listeners, if they want to learn more about your workshops, your writings, what would be the best way? Okay, well, my website really is the best. And it's, um, it's amymarshsexologist.com. And uh, when I'm creating a workshop or an event, that's usually where it goes. And, uh, and then I have the additional website, which is uh, intimate, let's see, intimate hypnosis, intimate-hypnosis-training.com. And that is where I also teach my 150-hour course online called Hypnosis for Sex Problems. And that's a professional training for people who already have at least 100 hours of hypnosis training or certification. So that's very in-depth. That's geared for professionals. And then the erotic hypnosis workshops are geared towards the general public who might be interested. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us. I'll make sure I leave this information and show notes. And thank you so much for your time. This was so lovely. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all you're doing. I love your podcast. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Amy Marsh. It was fascinating for me that there was and there is this huge community of individuals who are using this intervention as a way to enrich their sexuality and I had no idea about it. So I guess I'll check out the books that she recommended. And I'm always curious to learn about different things out there. And I think it's important for all of us to have openness toward different approaches. Because if I'm honest with you, I was a little bit ambivalent about the topic because when we had Dr. Liz Bonnet, who is a psychologist and hypnotherapist, uh, you guys, a uh, few of you guys emailed me, one person wrote a review that how she felt or he felt that hypnosis is not scientific. And it was interesting to see that Dr. Amy Marsh was talking about how there are studies going on to examine the efficacy of this approach. Anyhow, as always, I uh, just want to remind you guys that you can record your questions on their website, sexologypodcast.com, or uh, send us a question that you have around sex and intimacy, and I would be happy to answer those questions. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.